I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. Welcome to my podcast where I invite you to join me each week as I shine a light on some of the very best British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offer advice to those that want to make in the UK. But before we get on to today's episode, I just want to tell you about an event that I've got coming up. If you're interested in discovering UK manufacturers and British-made brands from the fashion, textiles and homeware sectors, you should definitely come to our trade show, Make It British Live. Taking place on the 29th and 30th of May 2019 at the Business Design Centre in London, we've got over 200 exhibitors inspiring talks just like the ones on this podcast and it's the perfect place to network with others that want to see UK manufacturing thrive. Registration is now open and if you go to mib.live forward slash podcast VIP I've got a special something for you when you register. I hope to see you there and now let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode 54 of the Make It British podcast. Now, usually on a Friday, I have a solo show for you where I share tips and advice about making in the UK. However, as it's coming up to our Make It British live trade show in just a few weeks time, I wanted to make sure I gave you the opportunity to meet a few more of our exhibitors before the show. So I've got another interview for you today, and it's with a chap called Peter Phillips, who's part of a family business called Abbey England. Now, I'll leave it up to Peter to describe exactly what Abbey England do, if you don't know already. But I'll give you a hint. It's something to do with the leather industry. And in fact, Peter's got some really great insights about the leather industry and in particular, the leather industry in Warsaw. So I hope you enjoy this interview. I think it's really interesting from a point of view about UK manufacturing in general and not just about the leather industry. So please don't switch off if you're not in the leather industry because there's so many more strings to Abbey England's bows than just leather. Right, over to Peter. Hello, Peter. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hello, Kate. It's, uh, it's lovely to be here. So you're obviously from Abbey, England, as I will have said in the introduction, um, and you have, as a company, been exhibiting at our Make It British Live trade show right since the start, which yeah. is brilliant. Thank you for that. How would you describe your business? Because actually, when I think of Abbey, England, there are so many different things that you do. Where do you start? Mm, right. Well, we're a, we're a family business started by my father-in-law in in, uh, the very early 80s. And I kind of married into the business a while, uh, quite a long time ago now. So our whole core is is wholesale. And from the very start, we had an ethos of buying and selling um, British products into the equestrian industry. Um, particularly into people who make make or repair saddles, bridles, harness, uh, and and that's that was the basis of our business for many years. Um, over the period, though, we've diversified our customer base into general leather goods and anybody who uses the same kind of materials that we supply, 
And also, we, we've become a manufacturer because various um, suppliers in the UK have decided to shut their businesses or have not been able to carry on for whatever reason. And we felt that rather than let those those companies die out, we needed to keep manufacturing in the UK. So we've ended up buying uh, a number of our suppliers. Uh, initially, we bought a, a small lock making business who makes specialist locks for briefcases and gun cases at a high end level. We've also um, then bought a foundry which was exciting. Uh, you have, and I've been to your foundry. We'll come on to that in more detail in a minute. Yeah, and, and we, we diversified the products made by the foundry. Originally, it was just uh, for equestrian products, and but now we, we make for the fashion industry, for um, marine industry, and we've diversified the, 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 the metals as well. So we're, we're, we're not just casting brass, we're casting um, aluminium, aluminium bronze, copper, pewter, and, and it just gives us a, a, a much wider scope. Uh, following that, we bought a small uh, rubber molding business um, dedicated basically to rubber parts for the equestrian industry. And most recently, I guess, we, we, we've um, bought, along with two business partners, uh, a leather finisher. Uh, producing fine quality uh, leathers for both the equestrian and the leather goods industries. All the, all the manufacturing industries are actually based in the West Midlands in Warsaw as well. So if I was to sum Abbey England up then, you're a one-shop stop for the leather industry in, all, like- in all its different facets. So anything <laughs> that can be made out of leather. So equestrian, fashion goods... Footwear, do you supply parts, things to the uh, footwear industry? We supply some shoe repairers, certainly. Yeah. Not not so much, man- we, and a couple of specialist manufacturers, yes. But not a, in, in the general sense. We, we don't provide supply shoe leather, for example, uh, you know, sole leather, for example. Um, but we do supply thread and, and, and other materials used in the repair or, or, or manufacture of, of some shoes. So that's huge. And there's actually no other company like Abbey in the UK, is there, that does that, that supplies all those different things? We, um, we which yes, is we, great. We, we like to think so. <laughs> that's why you're a one stop shop, you see. Absolutely. And you're a family business, which I think is great. So your father in law that set it up. Yeah. Was he was he in he must have been a keen horse rider or something to set up uh, a business to do with supplying the equestrian industry, or are you gonna say no he wasn't? Uh, I'm gonna say no he wasn't. <laughs> um no. Jerry had worked overseas for many years and came back and joined a a, a company um in, in this kind of industry, which uh sadly eventually went went out of business, but through no fault of his own, and he set up this from the from the kitchen table with oh, his amazing. wife and uh, and son Richard, who was um, at the time at university, and uh, Richard's now RMD. Sadly, Jerry passed away um, two years ago, but oh, um, his wife still, my mother-in-law, still comes in uh, <laughs> every morning to make sure we're all uh, doing it right. Brilliant, and, and there are nine family members involved, so That's it fantastic. really is a family family company. So, do you think that is the secret 
one of the secrets to the success? Because you've mentioned there there's been a lot of businesses that have sadly, you know, closed down and you've been able to, um, you know, rescue them in some way. Do you think the secret to Abby's success is that there's so many family members working in the business? <laughs> or is it one yes, of your challenges? Because <laughs> you know what? I've interviewed so many yeah. people for this podcast who are UK manufacturers who are successful businesses and also are family businesses. So there is such a common thread running through. Yeah, it, it, it really is a, um, a common thing in, in, in many, many small businesses are family run. It presents its, its unique challenges and also great advantages because we all know and get on ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs> we do, we don't. This particular, we we certainly don't have big arguments. We might have disagreements, but we get over it. And on the whole, we all get on very well. So it, it's it's been a, a real joy, and also we, we've be able to bring our children in and, and see them growing up and certainly in the early days our customer base there are a lot of um, young family businesses as well and they could hear our children crying in the background and we could hear their <laughs> children crying in the background and the dogs barking and everything else uh, and and it was just a, a very lovely family atmosphere which whilst the children have all grown up and all but two um, have gone in different directions we still try to nurture that that family family atmosphere and and mm. the 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 so yes we try to be efficient and and, and corporate to a sense in, in in the way we we trade but we we have that family ethos which is so central to our business yeah brilliant so um the foundry then let's talk about the foundry because that was my first experience of abbey england before i even set up the trade show in 2014. I was in Walsall for some reason. I can't remember, I was visiting some leather manufacturers there and I yep. think I rung up and um, and said, can I, can I pop in and see your foundry? Amazing, really fantastic, <laughs> making all these brass. I mean, I just love things like that. Um, so what possessed Abby to, to buy a foundry? Um, and what could you want to tell everyone what you, is that what you can produce there? Yes, certainly. Well, why did we buy it? Um, because the owner asked us to. <laughs> uh, the foundry was was BB Stanley Brothers originally, and Anthony BB was the owner, and we were his biggest customer. And he asked us, he wanted to to retire, and and asked us to buy it. And it was virtually the last brass buckle foundry in the country. Yeah, so it must be. Yeah, we we, we couldn't let that go. And it was really important to us. So we, we, we took the plunge and bought it. And over the years, we, we've, as I said, intimated, we, we've changed it and we, we've grown it and, and brought in a different range of metals. We like to think we've improved the quality of the buckles. We offer a whole range of buckles from the traditional saddlery based buckles through to more fashion oriented buckles with different finishes so we we can put we have a nickel plating plant to put a nickel plate on or uh, 
we do offer chrome, but it, we don't do that ourselves. Um, we, we can offer antique finishes, brushed finishes. So it gives our customers a, a, a wider choice and allows them to, to, to use these buckles in different circumstances. We, we also do bespoke work. So everything from tiny buckles to go on bracelets, um, which we supply to a, a customer in America, to uh, shoe buckles, to individual um, belt buckles for particular customers. And obviously there are, there are minimum quantities involved when we're making special buckles like that, but it's not particularly large. It's not the kind of minimum you'd have, say, with, with a, a die cast uh, buckle. But the finish is is distinctly different. It's definitely a yeah, a, it a, a, a craft ha, has a lot of hands on it. Uh, buckle. That's yeah. That's what I noticed when I came to the foundry. Firstly, it still felt like it was proper craft taking place, even though you're producing an industrial product, and also all of the different phases that take place in producing one buckle, a lot of the hand finishing and the hand polishing, it's incredible. And when people turn around and say, oh, how much for a buckle? You can really see why when you see all that craftsmanship taking place. That, that, that's exactly right, Kate. The the, the it, It's the hand element that, that makes the buckle expensive, not particularly the the, 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 material, the amount of material in it. It, it. it is a lengthy process, and to get the finishes that, would, that are required, it does take a lot of work, and, and that's why the, the, the pricing, it, they're, they're not cheap, but they, they are good quality and they last, and they go on some very expensive belts or very expensive products. So it's a sort of niche. It's not mass market, but... It is quality, and, and that's what our customers demand. Yeah, exactly, because I get people contacting me and they want to make, say, you know, a really high-end leather bag, and they want it to be 100% British, 100% British made. So they want to use leather that is tanned in the UK, and they want to use fixtures on the bags that are made in the UK as well, and, and proper craftsmanship not something that's been churned out in the thousands by mm. a machine because you can tell the difference can't you you can you can um, um there are very many very good quality machine made products but, it, <laughs> but, but it's, a, it's a different product different thing it's a, yeah exactly and some people want that bes you know bespoke looking product yeah. um so when it comes to leather as well then so you've recently along with a couple of other people bought a tannery? Um, well, technically, it's a courier, not a it's tannery. A, well, um, oh, do because, you want to explain the difference to everyone? Yeah, ab absolutely, yes. Um, a courier is someone who takes uh, essentially tanned hide and then finishes it. In, in our case, we actually do a partial retan and then finish it. So then you add the, the oils and the waxes back into the leather, which have come out in the tanning process, and add the colour and the, the polish to bring it to a, a, a high uh, quality, even finish with a, a, a deep uh, colour, which gives it the, the sort of unique feel uh, of the leather that we actually produce. The, the company we bought is, is called Janey Sedgwick, and they mm. they they were over a hundred years old. So, and that had been in family for many many years. It had been a family business, sold a few years ago to a, a, a tannery, 
sadly, that didn't work out, and and we ended up rescuing the the business uh, along with uh, a number of jobs down in Walsall. Brilliant. Brilliant. The, the 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 difference is that. You, the, the leather is tanned elsewhere. So, it, so when you say tan, so from the wet blue stage, because believe it or not, I have been to quite a few tanneries in my career, though I'm sounding like I probably don't know the difference, but that you're talking about the tanning is from the wet blue stage. So you don't, the, the tanneries in the UK, the one you're talking about, doesn't bring in the raw height. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. The, the Our partners are actually part of the supply chain. So uh, we're in partnership with the hide merchant. Uh, who actually supplies the hides, which are mainly sourced in Northern Ireland or Ireland. So the the, the, the leather is taken from the hide merchants in Ireland and goes to Germany, where what we believe is, is the best tannery in Europe, uh, who then tan the leather to a, a stage that can be used by the finishers. It's then brought back into the UK to, to Sedgwick's in Walsall, and they finish it off. And from entering Sedgwick's door to going out of the door to be finished, it's about six weeks. So it's, oh, really? It's, That's that long? Yeah, it, it, it's a slow, hands-on process again. The, the unique qualities about Sedgwick are the, the fact that um, they have a, a wet stage for the partial retan, which is quite... Uh, are unique, I think, now in, in the industry. And then there is a, a lot of hand finishing to bring the leather to, to the, 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 the final stages, which give it its quality and, 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 it, and its amazing finish. And what sort of end products would that Sedgwick leather be used on? Uh, primarily, again, equestrian, so bridle, bridal work particularly, uh, saddle leather, and then also uh, bag leather. So it's, go, it's going to case makers, bag makers. Brilliant. So it's it's a, it's quite a um, stiff leather though, isn't it? It's not a, what you'd think of as a handbag, sort of soft, supple leather. It's more of a, I suppose, a traditional English equestrian leather. Yeah, right. That's right. And, and, and the, 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 the bag leathers are thinner, in substance, so that they, they, they would go on to uh, leather goods like um, small briefcases or, or uh, firmer handbags, rather than the very soft, supple ones. Hmm. Which go very beautifully with the uh, brass fittings. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so you mentioned Walsall, um, and that Sedgwick's are based in Walsall, and there's a still quite a bit of the leather industry remaining there, isn't there? There is. There Why are... do you think that? Is yeah. How many are there, and why do you think they have managed to survive? Well, we were talking to Walsall Council recently, very recently. Um, who, I, I hope you don't mind me digressing here. I have to say that we owe a great debt of thanks to Walsall Council, who have been the most helpful people uh, in the process of acquiring the uh, Sedgwick business and no, that's the, good the, to the, hear. the property that they're on. <laughs> And they have been the most helpful people, along with the Black Country LEP, uh, that we've ever come across. They, they Brilliant. were amazing. So, so do you think maybe that's <laughs> one of the reasons why the leather industry has done so well in Warsaw, because the council are understanding of the fact that it's a you know you're, it's an area renowned for that particular type of product and skill, and so they're, therefore they're helping support it. It, it, it is. It's a strange thing, actually. Walsall is is actually the the centre of the British saddlery industry, and not a lot of people know that. <laughs> they do now. But, but I, I think there's something like ninety saddlery companies in and around Walsall. So 
that, that and, and then there are the leather goods in companies as well who are making very high end, including including some royal warrant holders, um, yep. as as are we, of course. Uh, so we, uh, it, it is a core business in 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 in, in Walsall and the West Midlands. Yeah, I often quote it to people to say, you know, if you want to make leather goods, definitely one of the best places to start. And it's quite often the way with with manufacturing in the UK. There's certain areas which are renowned for certain things, and Walsall and leather, I think, the two things yeah. are definitely synonymous. And it's good to hear that there's so many still surviving. That's amazing. Well, apparently, um, as far as I understand, uh, I'm not old enough to remember, but um, the the saddlery or harness industry came to Walsall because of the canals, because the canal boats were originally drawn by horses, and there's a large basin in Walsall where the, the canal boats could stop and, and, and rest, and the metal industry was already there. The leather came in in order to repair and, and, and refurbish the, the tack on the horses pulling the canal boats. Ah, that makes sense. See, I love that. I love the fact that British industry sprung up around, you know, reasons like that. That's just that's just yeah. fantastic. It, it, it's part of our industrial heritage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, how much of the products that Abbey sell goes out for export these days? It's around 30%. Is it? So we, it's quite we, a big chunk. Yes, we'd like it to be bigger. And certainly there's a demand um, from overseas for British products. Um, but at the moment, it's around 30%. Okay. with a plan. And how do you think Brexit, I mean, God, hey, by the time this podcast goes out, it might not be happening. <laughs> uh, mm. let's, say, let's say the UK does leave the EU. Um, how do you think that will affect your business? We, we, we have this uh, discussion every other day, I think. But um, <laughs> really, we, we hope it will be a positive effect or at least neutral. We, are, are, we, we do have European customers email us and say, can we still buy from you? And obviously really? the, the, the answer is yes, yeah. absolutely. We, we export all over the world. So 62 countries, I think, at the last count. So we're, we're reasonably experienced in exporting. So I, I think whatever springs up between here and Europe, if, if anything, we, we'll manage with. It, yeah. it may be that they, the customers in Europe may need to work out slightly different um, import taxes or, or duties or whatever, but it's not insurmountable. In terms Brilliant. of other countries... If Britain becomes a, uh, a free trade area, for example, that could well improve our prospects of exporting. And so I, th I think whilst no one really knows what's happening, and that's all we can say to most of our customers who ask, the, the thought is that we, we have to just get on with it and then take advantage of, of anything that allows us to. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the British spirit. That's what I, a lot of manufacturers I was speaking to are saying. Well, you know, we will we're British. We'll get on with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, are there any other challenges? It doesn't sound to me like um, Abbey. You obviously take everything in your stride at Abbey England. So, by asking you if there's any challenge, other challenges you think your business faces at the moment, I'm guessing probably not. Well, no. Well, there are. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
certainly there there are two big challenges. I guess, I guess age, aging population and skill base. Because right, um, yeah. Whilst because we, not all of your family members are coming into the business. Well, we have family members. We're, we're, there are nine family members out of a total of sixty-three at the moment. Yeah. So, but there is an aging population within the business, and whilst we we have apprenticeship schemes and we do bring apprentices in, there are not there are not enough young people coming into what are essentially craft industries where they can use their hands and, and actually produce things. So many young people these days seem to want to uh, sit in front of a computer and, and, uh, uh, and expect them to, to make a, a fortune. Yeah. Not, every, not everybody really wants to do that, even if they're being pushed in that direction. And I still, I still think there aren't... Uh, Enough. There isn't enough encouragement for young people to come into industry uh, at, at an early stage and, and, mm. and learn from the, the vast experience of the people already in the job. How do you think that we as an industry can um, improve that situation? Well, in, in our particular industry, uh, along with Walsall Council and the um, Worshipful Company of Saddlers and a number of other organisations, there's now been a leather forum set up in Walsall, which is to encourage uh, the industry and to encourage entry into the industry by young people. So okay. I, I think that's a very positive step. The uh, Again, Walsall Council in, in this industry are, are, are being very supportive. The wider industry there's there there is a a good intake of of young people going into saddlery and leather goods uh centered around the the london colleges uh, um cordwainers capel manor yeah and and, but they come out and they they tend to be fairly specialized and uh high-end rather rather than trade if you like to differentiate between trade where they're knocking out the same lots of the same thing on a regular basis to to high end where they're making perhaps uh more specialized and fewer numbers of products at, yeah. at a, uh, but but all very high quality which is a, a good thing about british manufacturing in that sense yeah. so you mentioned that the aging workforce was one of the challenges what was what's the other um, well, for for our business, certainly some of the industry, some of the companies we we've uh, ended up taking over have not had an awful lot of investments in the sort of sixties and seventies and eighties and nineties. So we're we're also inheriting aging machinery, which we yeah, we have to point. then update and and bring into the the twenty first century in order to to uh, improve, keep and improve on the quality and and uh, of the products that we're supplying. Because, and that's expensive, and then that's a oh, big investment. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Hmm. But it, it, we have to do it. So that's been a big part of growing Abbey, has it, is investing in new equipment? Yes, it's a slow process because there are lots of, <laughs> as, as with any other SME, there, there are lots of calls for, 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 for our money. And yeah. uh, there are lots of ways, uh, lots of... Um, Different ways in which we have to 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 be very careful with with what we have to spend. So it's it's, yeah. a, it's a gradual it's a gradual process of reinvestment, but it, it's an absolutely essential one. 
Brilliant. So we're going to see you at Make It British Live in a few weeks' time. Yes. What will Abby be showing on their stand this year? Well, strangely, we'll be showing... <laughs> Lots of leather, I hope. Lots of leather. Yes. Brilliant. Um, brass, British brass products, well, British buckles, uh, leather, British leather uh, of the highest order. I've, Brilliant. I've, I've, I've not actually been involved in the planning so much of this time. So, <laughs> Are no, you going to come along for the networking, though? I'm certainly hoping to be there for a day, yes. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, it's been really lovely talking to you, Peter. Where is the best place for everyone to find Abby? Is it ab- at abbeyengland.com? Abbeyengland.com. We have a and, new website which went live last month and we're, we're still actually tweaking it. But uh, a lot of our products are, are available through there, yes. And um, Sedgwick's Leather as well, is that now available through your website or is it, it Sedgwick's it, it always website? has been available through our website, but they also have their own website, which is called jnesedgwickleather.com. I will I will check out what it is and I'll make sure in the show notes for the podcast I put the right one. Thank you. Brilliant. Really lovely to talk to you today, Peter. You've Thank been you. an absolute star. Thank you very much. Take care and see you at the show. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday and Friday, plus there's also bonus episodes occasionally. So don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so that you get notified every time a new episode goes live. And if you enjoyed the show, I would really love it if you left me just a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye bye.